2: They just won't give up. Yeah, despite the inspector general ripping into James Comey, your friends in the media are still convinced that there was collusion between Donald Trump and the Russians, and Mr. Comey was just trying to save us all from it. Listen to Joe Scarborough and his guest this morning. His guest is Benjamin Wittes. He's of Lawfare, and he's a friend of Comey's.
0: Fascinating report. About 80, 90 percent of it is Jack Webb. Just the facts, ma'am. And uh, then the last 10% of the report reads like a talk radio script.
3: Yeah, it's a deficient piece of work product in the last 10 pages. The last 10 pages are a kind of howl of rage and anger uh, by the inspector general. The inspector general of the Justice Department has effectively taken the position that if you're a law enforcement officer and the president tries to shut down a valid investigation Your obligation is to shut up.
0: It's a reckless conclusion and suggests that law enforcement officers, if they believe the president of the United States has committed a crime, then they should shut up and they should cover up.
2: Yeah, it's the inspector general who's uh, reckless. Anyway, then there's uh, Brian Dean Wright. He's a Democrat and a former CIA, CIA agent. Listen to him.
1: The profound concern that I have as, as an American, forget Democrat, Republican, but especially as an agency officer, we have 35,000 employees in the FBI, tens of thousands CIA officers who have access to some of the most profound powers and knowledge in this country. Now, what, what example does it set for them such that in 2020 or 2024, right. they can choose to use that information however they want to kneecap whoever they want, whenever they want? We are at this precipice. We are at this cliff's edge of something very, very horrific happening that we're not going to be able to pull back from unless we are incredibly careful and we take Comey and Brennan and the rest of these characters to task.
2: And you wonder what it's going to take to get the media, the rest of the media, the left media, to accept what was going on over there. We'll see what happens with that. Meanwhile, when we come back, you're going to hear from a guy who says this goes right to the top. That would be President Obama. That's coming up right here on AM 1250, The Answer. Stick around. I'm here with Miracle League of Moons Mike Magolik. Mike, I understand donations have slowed a little bit. How's progress? A lot of
3: progress since we last talked. Obviously it's never as quick as you want it to be but we're happy with where we're going to be
4: coming into the summer. we
2: have broken ground on the field house foundations are going in but the playground has been delayed. What's
4: the plan? We'll continue to fundraise. We have a lot of great support. The community likes the project so we're confident we'll get there in time to have the playground up for next year.
2: Remember, every dollar you give today goes directly to fund the building of this state-of-the-art field for the kids with special needs.
4: It will be updated with ramping systems and different things so that individuals that have problems with
3: their mobility will be able to get to the same spots that everyone else that can get to.
2: Help keep the project on track. Visit miraclesinmoon.org with your donation today. Mike, as always, wish you good luck with this project. We'll be following it and you keep us updated, okay?
4: I will. Thanks for all the support and Pittsburgh, thanks for helping.
2: Give now at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. Sponsored by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties
1: It's time to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining The Answers, Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher, on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float in the dead sea and take a boat out onto the water of the sea of galilee have you ever wanted to walk inside the garden tomb register today for the stand with israel tour this december 2nd through 11th just go to our website for more details and registration information at the answer slash israel that's the answer. pgh.com
4: slash Israel. This is your Stock Market Bulletin. I'm Bobby Richards. The CEO of an obscure $3 tech stock founded by the blue-collar son of a police officer has captured the attention of Donald Trump. Trump met with the CEO at the White House. And since then, Donald Trump appears to have become the company's number one fan. He showed up at a groundbreaking ceremony. He called the CEO one of the most successful business people across the globe. And he said what they are doing is the eighth wonder of the world. We decided to investigate for ourselves and reached out to the premier stock analyst in the United States, Oxford Club Chief Investment Strategist Alex Green. Alex told us the company is lending massive deals, including $450 million with Nokia, $395 million with Microsoft, $828 million with Cisco, and $29.2 billion with Apple. The company is set to create 50,000 jobs in America this year, and Alex has now declared this $3 stock is number one play for 2019. Go to onestockretirement.com for more details, including how much Alex expects. Expects the stock to rise this year. Brought to you by the Oxford Club. Driving is freedom. The freedom to
5: keep moving, to control your destiny, and to choose your path. And now that freedom fits in the palm of your hand. It's called Ford Pass, the only app that gives you roadside assistance, Ford Pass rewards, and now when you buy or lease a new Ford, earn points you can use toward flexible complementary maintenance that gives you well, more freedom. Ford Pass. Built to keep you moving. Built Ford Proud. Visit your participating Ford dealership to find out about getting flexible complementary maintenance when you buy or lease a new Ford and sign up for rewards. Roadside assistance is included for certain Ford
0: owners and available to everyone for a per-service fee. Ford reserves the right to change program details without obligations. Visit your participating dealer or FordPassRewards.com for program rules and restrictions. FordPass, compatible with select smartphone platforms, is available via download. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer
2: some ideas for guests on the subject of James Comey and how he was trashed by the Inspector General yesterday, but we covered it pretty well with Hans von Spakovsky. Yesterday, he worked in in the Justice Department. He said he never thought much of Comey, wasn't surprised at all. I thought the best guy to talk about it would be Andy McCarthy. He's a former federal prosecutor and the author of a new book called Ball of Collusion, The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a Presidency. You'll hear him say it goes right to the top. He was here last week, and it went something like this. I, I wouldn't think it's possible uh, for someone with your background not to approach this story and write this book you know, as a prosecutor. Am I right about that?
3: Well, I, I hope at least as a as somebody who um, knows how to tell a story, a lot of what we have to do uh, as trial lawyers and as prosecutors is try to break down things that are complicated and tell them in a in a kind of a, a narrative way that uh, that's thematic but built on fact and and that people can wrap their brains around. So. Uh, hopefully that this accomplishes that.
2: Yeah, I think it does. But I, I guess what I meant was the investigation part of it. Um, you kind of know how to go after something like this with your background, and there's a lot of stuff to to dig into.
3: Yeah. Well, this was obviously, you know, there's different ways of approaching uh, a, a problem from a government. Perspective. You know, mm-hmm. you can you could do it by uh, congressional inquiry. You can do it by intelligence. They chose to do this as kind of a a, uh, a law enforcement and counterintelligence matter. I think, John, that it was really uh, the counterintelligence was kind of camouflaged to try to do a criminal investigation without a, a predicate crime. But but since that's my neck of the woods, I, I guess it does make it a little easier for me to. To maybe see things that sort of significant that other people might miss,
2: right? And I think you've been saying all along that this is an investig—has you considered it an investigation looking for a crime?
3: Yeah, I think the whole thing. If I if I had it to do over again, I might have called the book pretext instead of uh, instead of ball of collusion because um, it, there's pretext everywhere you turn. I think the uh, the counterintelligence investigation, which is how they they uh, carried this, and counterintelligence is the way that we uh, collect information to protect the United States against potential foreign threats. I, I think the counterintelligence was a pretext to do a criminal investigation without a crime. I think the criminal investigation was pretextual in the sense that they were hoping to find something impeachable that they could use against Trump. And the impeachment... Is really a pretext for what the whole objective of this is, which is to make the Trump presidency as short as possible and um, at, at the latest make him unelectable uh, by the time we get to the stretch run of the 2020 campaign.
2: And I guess the question is uh, would any of this have happened if Hillary Clinton had won? I mean, no. w- uh, not that think- they, they wouldn't obviously um, uh, investigate Donald Trump for collusion, but. Um, would would any of this uh, if 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 Hillary Clinton had, wins? There's just she's president, and there's no investigation of anything, including her.
3: Yes, in fact, I think that if if she had won, you would never have heard about Russia again. It would have been the Democrats would have just gone back to, you know, appeasement business as usual, which has been their default mode forever with Russia, and very much was when. Uh, Obama was president and Mrs. Clinton was secretary of state. Uh, this We heard about Russia and collusion solely and only because Donald Trump won the presidency. Uh, if Mrs. Clinton had won, there would have been no incentive whatsoever to uncover this, especially since a lot of it was generated by her campaign, and to put a little kind of a, a belt along with the suspenders, they did everything by counterintelligence so that it was uh, top secret and classified, and, uh, and that way it would also be very difficult to get at what actually happened here.
2: Wow. And, and based on what you know about the people involved and, and what you found in your work on the book, um, can you imagine them plotting all of this if they thought there was even a 1% chance that Trump was going to win? I mean, because uh, they, 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 they had to think that they were never going to get caught.
3: Yeah, well, I think that's right. I think you get you get reckless when you think nobody's going to check your work. Right. And what makes people check your work is, is you know, when the other side wins or, uh, or you know, from from your perspective, what the other side is. They all thought Mrs. Clinton was going to win. And that was, that gave them license to take wild chances that they wouldn't ordinarily take with the with the Trump campaign. But I also think, John, that doing stuff by counterintelligence, um, which doesn't have the um, internal checking mechanisms that the criminal procedure has, also makes agents take wild chances. You know, And when I was a prosecutor, if I wanted to get a search warrant or a wiretap from a judge, I did get to go to the court by myself, or with the agent, not with the you know anybody from the other side there. But everybody proceeded with the understanding that eventually there would be an indictment and a trial where you would have to turn over all these materials and discovery, and everybody would find out what representations you made to the court and the like. There's nothing like that in counterintelligence. There's no checking mechanism like that.
2: And going way back to the beginning, was the first objective to keep Hillary Clinton, who they thought had no chance of losing unless something drastic would happen. Was did that make the the first objective to just keep her from being charged with the crime for the uh, the stuff with the emails and all that stuff that was um, in in the in the news during the campaign that that was the that they looked at that as the only way she could lose if something like that were to come out before the election.
3: Yeah, I think that the the decision not to indict Mrs. Clinton, which really I think came from uh, from higher up much higher up than the FBI and the justice department. I think it rested with president uh, Obama himself. Once he made it clear that he didn't want her uh, indicted, there was no way his administration was going to to do that. But the real, the, the thing that threatened her from their perspective, the thing that threatened her presidency uh, was indictment. Uh, and there was very serious evidence that, uh, you know, that could have, resulted in her indictment and would have derailed her candidacy. So, obviously, suppressing that investigation was a big part of this.
2: And this is from the introduction of your book, Uh, quote, This book contends that the Obama administration, abetted by Washington's politically progressive order, exploited its control of law enforcement and intelligence agencies to help Clinton undermine Trump. Now, they obviously didn't succeed at that, but... um, um, this is kind of what you're talking about here, is that it, you, you just mentioned that you think it goes all the way to the very top. Um, were, are you able to, if you were prosecuting this case, would you be going after the, the guy at the top?
3: Well, if there was something to prosecute, it, yeah. it, what what we're talking about here is allocating responsibility. And I think that, you know, first of all, just the fact that they did this by counterintelligence uh, indicates involvement of the white house uh unlike criminal investigations which are done to vindicate the rule of law in court counterintelligence investigations are done only for the president Uh, the point of counterintelligence is to gather information in order to help the president perform his constitutional responsibility to protect the country from foreign threats so that was the that was the paradigm that they used Uh, to conduct this investigation. And as I show in the book, there are points uh, throughout the story where it's clear that the White House is monitoring uh, what the FBI and the justice department are doing at one point in the text between uh, Peter Strzok, who was the lead investigator and and Lisa Page, uh, who was an FBI lawyer. uh, They talk about how Strzok went to a meeting about the investigation and, uh, at the meeting was told the White House is running this. Um, I, I tell the story in the book. Uh, a big part of it is the uh, January 5th, 2017 meeting at the White House, where it's uh, President Obama, Vice President Biden, and National Security Advisor Rice on the political side, and FBI Director Comey, and then acting Uh, Attorney General Yates on the law enforcement slash intelligence side. And what they're talking about is what information about Russia needs to be withheld from the incoming Trump team. And the context of the meeting is that the next day, uh, the intelligence chiefs are going up to Trump Tower to brief Trump on uh, President-elect Trump then at the time to brief him on Russia's interference in the election Uh, There's also pretty um, strong indications that uh, the political people in the Obama administration were monitoring uh, the progress of the investigation. That was explicitly said in connection, with, for example, with General Flynn, where the New York Times reported that the uh, FBI was consulting with what they called uh, Obama counselors or Obama officials. And it's clearly, uh, obviously, they were talking about White House officials.
2: And, and you mentioned that since uh, so much of this involved counterintelligence, uh, are you saying and then would Obama have to have known about this and sign on to the plan to even make it work or to, to start it in progress?
3: Uh, if things are working the way they're supposed to be working, important counterintelligence initiatives are known to the White House and to the president. That the, the the counterintelligence efforts that the country makes and that the intelligence community makes are the kinds of things that you find in the president's daily briefing, for example, when the president every day gets a threat assessment about the uh, the, the challenges that the country faces on a long-term basis and on an imminent basis as well. So, you know, again, counterintelligence is done for the president. It's not like law enforcement, which is done... Uh, to vindicate the rule of law in judicial proceedings.
2: So is coup too strong a word here?
3: Well, I don't like the word only because, you know, coup is not really what happened here. Trump did get elected. Uh, The people who were involved in this have been removed, whether it's by disciplinary proceedings or uh, by the, you know, the normal uh, change of power um and you know when we, we can talk about things like coup and deep state and, and the way that this played out those aren't you know it's not frivolous to describe what happened here as that but at the same time you know we we're familiar John with with a lot of authoritarian societies where they really do have coups uh and deep states and it's not really you know reflective of what happened here Trump as I point out in the book, Trump ultimately did prevail here. Uh, and though there, there was, I think abuses of power. Uh, you know, they were not, they did not result in the kind of things that we see, say in a place like Turkey, where, you know, you do, you actually have uh, military coups that, that throw out the incumbent government and where you have a deep state that, uh, uh, that, that, backs up the political establishment regardless of what the public wants
2: we're talking to uh andrew McCarthy, the author of the book ball of collusion the plot to rig an election and destroy a presidency uh you don't give donald trump or his administration uh what i would call a free pass in the book either do you
3: well no i don't you know i i try to be fair in the book i think you know all in all uh president trump was the wronged party here. Uh, You should not have a situation in the United States where counterintelligence powers play a role in a presidential election. Uh, But I do think that, you know, Trump brings a lot of his uh, problems on himself. He he had, uh, it was not, I think, unreasonable from a political standpoint uh, to worry about, uh, his blandishments of Putin, the nice things he said about Putin, the comparison uh, of, of uh, you know the American CIA and, and American intelligence operations with Russian intelligence operations, which are uh, undertaken in order to preserve a tyrannical regime. Uh, so I, you know, I think uh, there are a lot of reasons to be concerned about. Trump's potential policies toward Russia and his stat- stance toward Russia in the investigation uh, in the uh, campaign. in fact, uh, you know, I have to say that I, I was not a Trump supporter uh, during the campaign. I ultimately voted for him over Mrs. Clinton, but I supported uh, other GLP candidates before him precisely because I was worried about uh, a lot of the national security uh, implications of his potential election, and I also think that it's it's a gross overstatement to say that there was no troublesome uh, connections between the Trump campaign and Russian elements. Uh, and I lay that out in the book as well. Because I have a chapter in there about the uh, uh, about the Trump Tower meeting, which I think was a colossal blunder on the campaign's. Ta- part to take, but it didn't result in anything particularly meaningful. It does, however, demonstrate that they were willing to take help from Russia. It turns out that they didn't get the help they were looking for, but, you know, that was hardly a uh, uh, an episode that uh, commends anyone who was involved in it.
2: I only have about a minute and a half left here, uh, Andy. I, I just want to ask you again about uh, the the idea that Obama had to know about this and, se- and kind of helped set this thing in motion. Um, how serious is that if, if it's proven to be the case? Is, is it something that other presidents have done and just not get gotten caught? Uh, how serious sh- should it be taken by even people who support him?
3: I think it's very serious for... The and scandalous for the incumbent administration to use these powers which are meant to protect the country from foreign threats in order to stick its thumb on the scale of an election. Uh, We heard a lot about collusion throughout the last three years, but there really was collusion here between uh, the Obama administration and the Clinton campaign, in the sense that they, the Obama administration did put the uh, the law enforcement and intelligence apparatus in the, of the government in, in the service of Hillary Clinton's quest uh, to become president, and it was targeted at the political opposition. That's not supposed to happen in this country, so I think it's a very serious thing.
2: Andy, I'm completely out of time. I appreciate you being here all the time, Uh, the many times you've been here. Great book, and I hope it does well. Thanks a lot. Thank you, John. Okay, and we'll be right back.
1: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Forecasters are still trying to determine the track of approaching Hurricane Dorian. National Hurricane Center meteorologist Andrew Hagan says they may have pinned down a smaller area,
3: but they're still uncertain. The models have really showed the storm slowing down as it approaches Florida. So we we still think it's most likely to uh, make landfall
1: in southern or central Florida, but we can't pinpoint exactly to the county level uh, where it's most likely to hit. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says residents need to stock
3: up. To have uh, seven days worth of food, medicine, and water. Uh, This is potentially a multi-day event where it will churn slowly across the state.
1: President Trump declared a state of emergency in Florida and authorized the Federal Emergency Management Agency to coordinate disaster relief efforts. This is
5: SRN News. Driving is freedom. The freedom to keep moving, to control your destiny, and to choose your path. And now that freedom fits in the palm of your hand. It's called Ford Pass, the only app that gives you roadside assistance. Ford Pass rewards, and now when you buy or lease a new Ford, earn points you can use toward flexible complementary maintenance that gives you, well, more freedom. Ford Pass, built to keep you moving, built Ford proud. Visit your participating Ford dealership to find out about getting flexible complementary maintenance when you buy or lease a new Ford and sign up for rewards. Roadside assistance is included for certain Ford owners and available to everyone for a per-service fee. Ford
0: reserves the right to change program details without obligations. Visit your participating dealer or FordPassRewards.com for program rules and restrictions. FordPass, compatible with select smartphone platforms, is available via download. Dr. Sebastian Gorka gives a huge example of the difference between the right and the left. Do
4: we do that on the right? Do we actually say that we're going to kill a comedian because we disagree with their stance politically? It's not even a political stance, is it? He's just making a a jokey video, and it involves the Clintons, and therefore he must receive death threats.
0: America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald
6: at 5 on AM 1250. The Answer. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire, at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at dennisspira.com. Community Bank.
1: City Mission. Number One Cochrane. Highmark Stadium. Peters Township Community Center. Angelos Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full-service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for business. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Here is your new Pella Lifestyle window when open. Here it is. Closed. The new Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door for sound control, energy efficiency, and value. Keep the outside noise outside. More peace and better rest for your family. Exceptional noise control for a quieter home. Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA. Pellapittsburgh.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Lots of volume, everyone trying to get out of town. Parkway North, you're tied up. Outbound, Canthorn Road up to 79. Northbound, 79, crawls along Mountain Evil Road up to 19. Southbound is heavy. Noblestown Road to Bridgeville. Parkway West got a disabled vehicle off to the shoulder. It's outbound at Banksville. And you do see delays as well. Banksville Road to Carnegie. Inbound heavy from Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, The Answer. Weather
3: comfortable tonight, partly cloudy with a low of fifty-eight. Then tomorrow you'll see a good deal of sunshine. a nice day with the high of seventy-eight. It'll turn mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low of sixty-two. Then we'll stay mostly cloudy Sunday with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm around. High will be seventy-eight. For Labor Day it'll be warm and humid, clouds and sun with an afternoon thunderstorm in spots. High near eighty. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strite. This
0: is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
1: And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week,
2: starring John Steigerwald. Well, James Comey's probably going to be disappointed when he hears that he's not the Jerk of the Week, but the only thing he did really recently to qualify was, you know, say he wanted an apology from people who said he'd been uh, going to jail, say he would be going to jail, but... It's got to go to Lawrence O'Donnell of MSNBC. It has to. It started with him and Rachel Maddow at the end of her show a couple of nights ago. He was teasing the big story that he had coming up. Because this is a single
0: source
6: uh, who has told me that the Deutsche Bank obtained tax returns, which they do have, of Donald Trump's, show that the president pays very little income tax. Hmm. That's probably not going to be very surprising to people. Probably not going to be especially politically damaging since he ran saying, I try to pay as little as possible. Then there's the other part, the loan documents. And that is part of what this subpoena is going after. And Hmm. this single source close to Deutsche Bank has told me that the Trump, Donald Trump's loan documents there show that he has co-signers. That's how he was able to obtain those loans. And that the co-signers are Russian oligarchs. What? Really? That would explain, it seems to me, every kind word Donald Trump has ever said about Russia and Vladimir Putin, if true. And I stress the if true
3: Th- that's, part
6: of this. Yeah, that's, that is a scenario that I have never contemplated, um, let alone
1: like, gamed out in detail.
2: Of course, Rachel's a jerk, too. She just doesn't get the award this week. And to really appreciate this, you had to see their faces. You had to see the look on Rachel Maddow's face, who I think is an unbelievable phony on the air and her phony hand gestures and her phony expressions on her face. Anyway, uh, she doesn't get the jerk of the week. She's going to have to live with that. But uh, meanwhile, of course, uh, that turned out not to be true. And Lawrence O'Donnell had to apologize the next night, sort
6: of saying if true as I discussed the information, was simply not good enough. I did not go through the rigorous verification and standards process here at MSNBC before repeating what I heard from my source. Had it gone through that process, I would not have been permitted to report it. I should not have said it on air or posted it on Twitter. I was wrong to do so. This afternoon, attorneys for the president sent us a letter asserting the story is false. They also demanded a retraction. Tonight, we are are retracting the story. We don't know whether the information is inaccurate, but the fact is, we do know. It wasn't ready for broadcast, and for that, I apologize.
2: Yeah, Lawrence, who's in charge of that rigorous verification you're talking about over there at MSNBC? Lion Brian Williams? You know what you got uh, for going for you again there, uh, Lawrence? Your devotion to wishful thinking journalism. It got you again, and it got you the Windows R Us
1: Jerk of the Week. Congratulations. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com.
2: Well, um, a single source has told me something, and uh, this is something that you should be aware of. If true, um, Labor Day apparently has been canceled, according to my source. It's a single source. And if true, you might be missing work on Monday, and your boss is going to want to know where you are if you're planning on taking it off. Because according to my source, it's a single source, and if true... There isn't going to be any Labor Day this, this year. They just decided that it wasn't a good time to have it and uh, just it's time not to have Labor Day this year. So I, I'm i just telling you what I heard. If true, you should be very careful. Now, here's something, if true, that I, re- I really hope that it's true. This is um, something from uh, 4 channel, Um. Four channel is a. Uh, I'm not even really that familiar with it. It's a, it's a it's a website where you can post anonymously, and uh, it stays up there for a while and then it disappears. So you just post what you want. So today, somebody at Four Chan, I think it was today, um, put this up at uh, on their site, and it's uh, and it's not verifiable because there's no stamp on the uh, on the you know date stamp on the email, but. This is what was up there, and if true, this is really funny. And I hope it is true, by the way. This is, uh, this is a guy who says he claimed, he claims that he sent an email to Lawrence O'Donnell, and it was his email that um, resulted in Lawrence going on the air with that story, this one email. Uh, he says, uh, here's, the, here's the email. I'll sell the email first. Uh, hello, Lawrence. <laughs> My husband was the chief loan. Oh, so it's a woman. My husband was the chief loan officer for Deutsche Bank when the massive loans to Mr. Trump were approved. At the time of application, Mr. Trump's finances were assessed to be a ma- quote maximum level risk according to the internal scoring system. As a result, any loans required a cosigner or with an S in parentheses, or co-signers. Unexpectedly, the loan documents were signed by a Russian oligarch with direct ties to Putin. Robert Mueller did examine this document, these documents, but apparently concluded all was well. I would happy to be happy to speak to you to corroborate this. I've provided this tip to several outlets, so there may be uh, competition in reporting this, and would encourage you to disclose soon rather than later. How about that now? I don't know. I'm, I guess, you know, if true, that this is where Lawrence got his, got his information, I don't know. But boy, do I hope it is. I hope he went on national television and said what he said based on this email. Uh, if you heard his um, quasi-apology And his retraction from the next night, um, he said, we are not sure if the information is true, and we haven't verified it. Uh, So we did, uh, we have a, I do apologize. And he he mentioned that he got a call from uh, President Trump's attorney uh, insisting that they uh, retract it and apologize unless they want to be sued. And so he did. But that's, um, I just hope that this, this email, I hope that's where he got his information. So I got uh, another thing here, um, got something I wanted to get to yesterday. I got a little time, finishing up the week here. Uh, you know, Baltimore, uh, ho- its homicide rate is 10 times larger than the U.S. rate. That's according to a, a story at the Mices Institute that came out on uh, the second of this month, a month ago, basically, and um, and uh, you've heard all that. You remember all the stories from a few weeks ago when Donald Trump said, you know, maybe something ought to be done about it, about the murders and the um, uh, the, the the rats. It was infested by rats and everything. Well, and he also was called a racist, of course, for calling out the government uh, down there and, and for picking on a, a city that is like 65 percent black. Uh, of course, everything he said was true, but uh, that's not the issue so i uh, you'll you'll be happy to hear, especially if you have uh friends or family in Baltimore uh that the city council there is uh is all over uh fixing things down in Baltimore because, according to this story that I saw yesterday don't know if it's been updated today a uh, Baltimore city council is still discussing details of that are you ready plastic bag ban proposal so while people are shooting each other and rats are eating people. And uh, we had a guest on who's from Baltimore, uh, Ellie Buffkin, I think it was. She said, the thing about the rats, and she's from Baltimore. She said, the thing about the rats, there's lots of them, but the big thing is they're really big. They're large. She said they're the size of cats. So, uh, But they're going to get rid of single-use plastic bags and create a surcharge for paper bags to encourage the use of reusable bags. Now, we've talked about the reusable bags here. The, and and the the effect that making those reusable bags, like they're made out of some kind of cloth, uh, the effect that they have on the environment, and the number of times that a person would have to use the reusable bag to make up for the damage to the environment that it, that occurred because of the making of the bag. So um, that's that's. Uh, and also, and also they have uh, – we, we've talked about it here and we've had people on to talk about it. There's a certain amount of bacteria that show up in those bags and uh, it's a really bad idea to use those bags basically. So – but Baltimore, the city council there is all over this. They're going to fix it by um, just eliminating plastic, single-use plastic bags. And that, that got me thinking about something else. You know that a, a gigantic hurricane, uh, uh, apparently, it's looking like it anyway. It's about to land in uh, Florida uh, in the next couple of days. And um, so I'm, I was thinking about this with the plastic thing. Uh, there, you know, it was in, um, w- w- what airport was it? San Francisco Airport, where they said that you no longer can use, they're not going to have plastic water bottles or plastic uh they call it soda out there. Pop bottles, that we call it here. And I just, I just was wondering, do you think that those um, all those plastic single-use bottles of water down in Florida might come in kind of handy over the next couple of days? And I'm just wondering. Let's just say that somehow, magically, all single-use plastic water ball- bottles were eliminated from the united states of america someone was able to just uh magically go on a uh, go th- go through a procedure that would have uh involved confiscating every water bottle from every store and just making them illegal and and uh i don't know recycling them and dumping the water out somewhere what would they be doing down there in florida if there was no if there because i, I, cause I it's, I'm, I'm asking this question because i don't know the answer to it because what uh plastic water bottles are are have not been around forever aaron in there who's only 30 not even 30 yet are you 30 yet you turn 30 she just turned 30 years old i you don't remember when there were no uh, when people didn't drink water out of bottles do you no i don't remember
4: you, that at all you, you don't no
2: so no. you so for all for as long as you've been alive or at least been aware of being alive you've known that You've have you had water in your refrigerator at home, like bottled water, like as, yeah. in your family yeah. when you were growing up?
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: See that when 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 uh, plastic water bottles first showed up and people were drinking out of it, the the first reaction from a lot of people before they started doing it themselves was, you're paying for water in a bottle, you know, because people would drink it out of their tap. So uh, it's still a relatively new thing for anybody over the age of I don't know fifty or you know maybe forty five. So um, so my question—I don't know what. What do you do? What would they do in the in the case of a hurricane or any other natu, uh, natural disaster that uh, created a shortage of water or made the the drinking water undrinkable? What did they do? So what would you do in Florida if you know six months ago Florida had succeeded in banning all single-use plastic water bottles and um, and they just didn't exist? Uh, would I, you'd be standing at you'd be standing in line at a hose? They used to call what do they call them? Uh, buffaloes, water buffaloes, they're called. Where they would have uh, a truck come that was full of water, you know, a, a water truck with a big tank, and you would stand there with your. I guess you can't use plastic, so they'd be glass bottles. Would you uh, have like a, well, hold? I don't know what would you do? Bring buckets, but you wouldn't be allowed to have single use plastic. So, how, what, what do they do? And how many bottles of water do you think are going to be um, sold and used in the next week uh, or maybe, maybe longer than that in Florida? You know, the, when they had the, the hurricane in, in Puerto Rico a year or so ago, um, there's a big, there was a big uh, scandal because thousands, I think, of pallets of bottled water disappeared. Donald Trump, of course, was blamed. But it, it turned out that it was the stupidity of the Puerto Rican government, which has uh, shown us a major amount of stupidity uh, for a long time, something to do with their either corruption or stupidity or both, that prevented the water from being uh, passed out to the people. So, uh, and it's interesting because I, I just found this looking, it took me like two seconds to find this. Uh, and this is from August 28th. What's that? Yesterday? Day before? Um, that Vanderbilt University is eliminating single-use plastic water and soda bottles in operations on campus because, well, because they're woke and they they want to save the planet. So, I mean, so this is on a small scale. University, you you won't be able to find a plastic water bottle or a plastic bottle of Coke or Pepsi anywhere on campus at some point. So... If they did that in Florida, I, I seriously—if somebody has the answer to that question, I'd love to know. Um, what do they? What would they do if they didn't have eight zillion bottles of plastic uh, plastic bottles of water in Florida right now, and with the hurricane coming? You think how many people do you think have bought how many bottles of bottled water in the last twenty four hours in Florida? And what's it going to do to the environment? I'll be right back. gutters and downspouts, doors, and, of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUSPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Stagerwald Show. WindowsRUSPittsburgh.com. Obamacare, Trumpcare, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60 percent, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. We're talking to Rocky Blyer. He's involved with the Miracle League of Moon Township and the construction of a Miracle League athletic field. The fields are designed to make it possible
3: for kids with special needs. Needs to play sports. Every child, no matter what the situation, deserves a chance to be able to play, to compete, and have a place that safe, takes care of needs, that's organized. This will be the fourth Miracle League field that will be built. Now we got four places to be able to travel, so it broadens the whole interest of sports. It's just terrific for a community to do that.
2: There's a buddy system. I thought was pretty impressive. What's that all about?
3: Kids with special needs have a buddy, a, a child who's in school. It's like having an older brother. Sister involved with you, so it's really good, and that everybody has human dignity of being able to participate.
2: The website is miraclesinmoon.org. Check it out and let's help make this dream a reality. Hey, Rocky, thanks, and uh, we'll be talking hey. to you again about this project. Appreciate you coming on to talk about it.
3: Thank
2: you for having me. All right, man, I take it, it. easy. Thanks.
4: Rocky right. Blyer, imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10 day stand with Israel tour, a tour through the land of Israel in December 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple Steps, sail on the Sea of Galilee, and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity with expert guides and important lectures at key sites. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. Get more details about the trip
1: or sign up now to join Mike Gallagher and Dennis Prager on the Stand With Israel tour by going to the answerpgh.com/israel. That's the slash israel
0: Warning: Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity.
1: The John Staggerwald
0: show on AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Uh. Well, a couple of uh, items here before we close out the week. Uh, we'll be off Monday, and I'll be back on Tuesday. They're, they're even letting Aaron off. I wanted to make sure. Sh- I, I insisted that she work, but they, they overruled me, so they're going to let her have the day off. Um, uh, speaking of toxic, Madeline Westerhout. She was fired by Donald Trump, uh, and uh, I don't know if he actually you know, said, you're fired to her. I hope he did. But how much of a creep do you have to be? This woman was uh, his his gatekeeper, basically. And the reason she's fired is because she... Uh, they, they they decided and they found out that... And her her desk was right outside the Oval Office door. And uh, she was uh, Donald Trump's personal secretary. And uh, Trump referred to her as the gatekeeper. Well, they think that she's been... Uh, You know, she's leaking things to the media. She's a leaker. She's been leaking things to the media for a long time. This is someone who takes $145,000 a year from a guy. I don't care what you think of him, but how much of a rat, and there's a. I guess that is what she is, is a rat, but uh, how much of a rat do you have to be to get someone's confidence, go to work every day, speak to him nicely, maybe respectfully, act like you really believe in everything that he's doing, and then... When his back is turned, literally and figuratively, you tell people in the media things that you shouldn't be telling him, and the things that you know you shouldn't be telling them, uh, about the, his family, about things that go on in the Oval Office. So uh, there's even a, a theory that she might have been the uh, the test. They might have tested her by um, by talking about nuking hurricanes, and she might have been the one that went to the media with it. And when she did, they... She exposed herself as the leaker. But she's out, and she's a creep. And I'm glad she's out of a job, and I hope she doesn't get hired. That is really a rotten, rotten thing to do. So have a nice holiday weekend, Ms. Westerhout. You too. See you Tuesday. The John Steigerwald
0: Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.